0: So we've been in the book of Hebrews, uh, just a part of a larger series of uh, our series that we've entitled Called Out, that it's the voice of God that calls us out of darkness, out of sin and into his wonderful light. Uh, it's the voice of God, not only that calls us out of those things, but his voice defines us. We hear all sorts of voices, the voice of culture, the voice of many different things that might kind of, you know, be our upbringing or whatever, but the the voice of God is what we need to hear, and that the book of Hebrews is allowing God to speak to us. It's just a microcosm of uh, what we've desired to do with this series, and so we are in chapter 9 this morning. Uh, Chapter 9, another uh, kind of Rehearsal Of what it is that Jesus is our high priest He's the sacrifice that is better than all uh, He ministers in a temple or a tent A sanctuary that's better than the earthly sanctuary That the high priest uh, ministered in And so uh, if you would, would you stand Just as an expression of our submission to the word of God We'll start in verse 1 uh, We'll read uh, the first part of the chapter And then pick up the rest as we go through Hebrews, Hebrews nine, verse one. Now, even the first covenant had regulations for worship in an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared, the first section in which were the lampstand and the in ta- the table and the bread of the presence. It is called the holy place. Behind the second curtain was a second section These preparations, having thus been made, the priests go regularly into the first section, performing their ritual duties, but into, into the second only the high priest goes, but, uh, and he but once a year, and not without taking blood, which he offers for himself and for the unintentional sins of the people. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer, if that can sanctify for the purification of flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, he will purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Let's stop there and let's just pray. Father, I pray that you, by your spirit, Uh, will make things that seem sometimes uh, a little bit confusing, a little bit difficult to comprehend, a little bit uh, uh, just that we've got to struggle to to see what you're saying. God, you, by your word, uh, reveal yourself this way. So help us, God, to take the time to look at it, to study it. Father, by your spirit, would you reveal to us that we naturally live before you, with an unclean conscience. God, we live in guilt, and many of us are wrapped up in shame before you. God, expose that this morning, but then show us the glory of Jesus, the the, the glory of the blood of Christ that, that we can stand clear before you, free before you. God, bring us joy this morning. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Please be seated. Not long ago, Max Licato, famous author, uh, he wrote a book, Six Hours, One Friday, uh, recounting the idea of Good Friday, Um, but he also tells of uh, this fund that the U.S. government has set up. Um, Actually, in the early 1800s, they began collecting money and stories and letters um, from people who wanted to make amends for something they had done wrong or stolen in years past, Uh, Back, you know, and this this fund still exists to this day. Uh, Back in 1974, one man wrote, I'm sending $10 for blankets that I stole while I was in World War II. My mind could not be at rest. I'm sorry, this is late. You know, years after the war. It was signed an XGI, and the postscript was this: "I want to be ready to meet with God." So this man, probably uh, you know, growing in years, knows that he is going to stand before his Maker. He's got this stolen blanket from World War II sitting over him thirty years prior, and he sends ten dollars to the U.S. government to make amends and clear his conscience before God. It's interesting, there's now seven million dollars in what they call the conscience fund of the US government. At least that that was at the time of of Lakato's writing of that. Sending money to a government would somehow clear your conscience before God. That probably wouldn't be the way we would do it, yet it speaks to the human heart that we all carry things. We know there's barriers between us and people. Just like we talked about with the kids, we look away, we want to hide. We know there's these things that stand in the way of relationship, and we know those are things that stand in the, re- in the relationship with God as well. And so one man in Pennsylvania, uh, he had gotten a speeding ticket uh, back in 1974. And in 2018, he actually wrote uh, the police department, uh, Dear Police Department, I've been carrying this ticket for 40 plus years. I've always intended to pay, but forgive me if I don't give you my information. <laughs> With respect, Dave, okay? Uh, and, but, but Dave is a lot like us, okay? Now, I'm not carrying a, a speeding ticket around, but do did, did you hear the, the, the guilt, the, the, the burden? He'd been carrying this ticket around for 40 years, meaning to pay it, but doesn't, and it just sits on him. I think a lot of times we we have these consciences that are that are just unsettled. We're we're at unease with ourselves. We're looking for peace, but we can't find it. Uh, you know, a lot of times when we feel like we have no guilt in some situation, my conscience is clear. Okay, we feel that way, but if you're walking through life and you're really honest, not just in one circumstance. A lot of times you can be tormented and not free by the things that eat at you. And there's this need in all of us to be free from guilt and shame. We walk around, uh, well, unless you get to the place where you have a seared conscience that you might might walk into a Walmart like El Paso and, and that, in a sense, you feel nothing. That's, that's a dangerous place, but that. That's not what we're talking about here. But we're talking about the place where we actually feel the sense of guilt and shame, that that we feel these things, uh, and we need to be free from them. It's this self-consciousness that if someone really sees us for who we are, we would want to hide. Okay, so what are the things in your life and in your heart that you like to cover up? Most of us are known fairly well, but nobody is known completely fully in this room. No matter how close of friends and family we are, there are still things that we hide. But those things eat at us, don't they? Oh, I hope someone does not discover that. I hope that's not seen. I hope that's not known. That's my little thing. But not only does it distance ourselves from each other, it truly is a barrier in your relationship with God. And it is not freedom. You think it is. I think it is. But it's not. It's bondage. We're in bondage to those things. F.F. F. Bruce, uh, in talking about the idea of a clear conscience, um, uh, it says that really the effective barrier uh, that, that the writer of Hebrews is talking about, the effective barrier to a man or woman's free access to God is an inward barrier. It's not a material or tangible barrier. It exists in your conscience. It's basically any barrier block to relationship. And the writer of Hebrews kind of speaks to this. And so uh, you catch this word at the end of the section when he's talking about the ceremonial offerings and uh, the sacrifices, that these things are what? They cannot perfect the conscience of the worshiper in verse 9. So all of this system is set up, but it cannot clear your conscience. As if... He knows that we have to be clear. We have to be clean because we're carrying all of these things around inside of us. But we look down and we then see in Jesus that there is, in verse 14, because of Jesus, we can purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. There's this desire for all of us. And the writer of Hebrews is getting there through this discussion of the high priest and the tabernacle and the sacrifices. He rehearses it again to say that we're all looking for a way to be clean before God. Back in 2004, the Associated Press reports um, of a young college student, and he started a hotline for people. uh, And it was the Apology Helpline. People in New York City. He just put out flyers, and people could literally just pick up the phone and leave a message to an answering machine of things they needed to get off uh, off their chest that they needed to apologize for. And it wasn't to the person; it was just to this this random uh, machine, uh, you know, answering machine hotline. Thirty to fifty people a day called that hotline. You know, they, uh, they apologize for anything and everything. Um, you know, his idea was to make people feel better about themselves. They were just seeking some kind of comfort. One, one caller said, I hope this apology will cleanse me and basically purify my soul, my conscience. God knows I need it. So this is not something that church goers are only thinking about. This is something that's worldwide people walking around New York City are willing to pick up and talk to an answering machine to try to clear their conscience. We know we need to be clear of it. We know we need to be purified. I love the fact that 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 idea of purity is all through this passage, okay? So all of these different things are set up. The holy place, the holy of holies, we've already done a lot of work on those two things. We look at the sacrifices in verses 6 through 10, all of that, but what is trying to be, what is trying to happen is to complete or perfect or purify the conscience And only that of the blood of Jesus will do so But what looked down in a, in a part that we did not read So all of these things are set up, the, the, the temple, the tabernacle, uh, the, the, the ark of the covenant All of these different things are set up Look at verse 17 Sorry, 18. Look at verse 18. Therefore, not even the first covenant was inaugurated without blood, meaning the, the covenant that came to Moses. For when every commandment of the law had been declared by Moses to all the people, what did Moses do? He took blood of calves and goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book itself. And the people Why? Because without a covering of blood Those people had no way of entrance into the presence of God So that Moses uh, It goes down in verse 20 This is the blood of the covenant that God commanded for you And in the same way he sprinkled with the blood Both the tent and the vessels in it used for worship Everything was covered with blood Indeed, under the law, almost everything is, there's that word, purified, clear, cleaned with blood. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. And so, uh, the the scriptures, the writer of Hebrews knows that we all need this purified conscience, this clear conscience, yet the system that was set up uh, ultimately is ineffective to produce that, the ineffectiveness uh, that awakens our yearning, uh, that that we get to this place where, all right, I know I need to be clear, I know I need to be clean before God. I, I'm being tormented over the things that are in my conscience, but yet I can't get rid of them. The Old Testament system was set up. Come before uh, the high priest and offer and make offerings for your sins. The high priest would go once a year to make sacrifices for the sins of the people and for his sins. And in all of that, what happened? It had to be done next year too. Why? Because the whole system pointed to the inability of anything else besides Jesus being able to clear our hearts before God. Now, We don't sit in the Old Testament system, but we do uh, live in a culture that wants to make amends for things, right? Have you ever done anything wrong or done anything to hurt somebody, and then you've gone out to try to make up for it? Either you buy them an an extra gift or you do extra service projects or you do something else because you're going to make up for it. And after after that, you still don't feel clear. Because you can't make up for a wrong that you've done to somebody. It's just there's no way to get rid of it by what you do. There's no, not good enough works to do. There's not enough church going to go and do. Because you know you feel like you need something else. Doesn't the law point to the same thing? Doesn't the sacrificial system point to the same thing? That any effort before God that is not the work of Jesus is ultimately ineffective. The tabernacle, the priest, the sacrifices, sacrifices, they all point to them being incomplete in and of themselves. There's this great contrast between the old and the new. So F.F. F. Bruce, um, in his comments on this, so, so here's some takeaways for why then does the writer of Hebrews spend all these chapters on the high priest and the tabernacle? So um, that, uh, that the way in to the throne room of God, he says, was barred for all Israelites. These are God's people, except for the high priest once a year. So the, the access to God is barred. The very presence of God, we are outside of it. Also, when the high priest would have to enter, he always had to be safeguarded by the blood of a sacrifice. He could not be in the presence of God without sacrificial blood and every year fresh blood had to be be shed. It was an over and over sacrifice that the distance that um, our sin created before a holy God. So let me ask you something. What are the ways that you try to clear your conscience before people and before God? Are you one that tries to make up for it? Are you one that tries to ignore it? Are you one that just says, you know what, I don't have a good memory and we'll just block that out of our, out of our mind? Uh, in what ways do you, do you show up here? Are you trying to be an honorable, productive member of society? All of those different things you know in your heart haven't cleared you yet, have they? They're ineffective because they're never enough. Because I would say... Even our efforts, we know, don't compare to the treasonous act before God in uh, our rebellion against him. Remember that conscience fund that the government set up? Here's one note that was written by a donor. Uh, By the way, it's not tax deductible, but um, (laughs) that was actually in the article. But uh, he wrote this. He said, Dear Internal Revenue Service, uh, I've not been able to sleep at night because I cheated on last year's income tax. Enclosed... find a cashier's check for $1000. If I still can't sleep, I'll send you the balance. <laughs> Cuz that's how th- that's the math that we do. Right? Well, I got to pay something back. I got to make some kind of gesture here. And we always undersell the math. There is nothing we can do to make ourselves right before God, and quite honestly, there's nothing you can do to to uh, to undo harm that you've done in a relationship. Just like we said with our, our kids, the only way to right a relationship is forgiveness. To be covered for somebody else to incur the harm of your sin. Jesus incurs the harm of our sin on the cross. It's not like he just, ah, oh, you get, get a free pass. No, he took it. That's what forgiveness does. Forgiveness takes the harm. And you clear The One that you're forgiving And that's what God does for us and that's why That's how relationships are restored Is in that we don't try to Make amends we don't try to hide and cover We know that nobody is free This is actually Mark Twain nobody Is free who is unforgiven So Are you living in bondage before God Are you living in bondage before Relationships because what's great In this is that as These people are living according to this Old Testament system They are looking for, uh, in the parentheses in verses 8 and 9, by this, meaning this this system and all this, by this the Holy Spirit indicates that the way into the holy places, meaning the presence of God, is not yet open. They long for something better, and they're also waiting as they go through those things for, in verse 10, until the time of Reformation. What are they waiting for is verse 11. They're waiting for when Christ appeared as the high priest of the good things that have come. Some versions actually translate it, that will come. And as we saw last week, sometimes it's talking about the fulfilled work of Christ. Sometimes it's also forward-looking. It's kind of both. But it's this time of waiting. So our, in, the ineffectiveness of our efforts awake a yearning for something. How will I be clear? How will I not walk around that so many authors I read uh, quoted Shakespeare's Macbeth where she is trying to be clear of the blood that, are, that is on her hands and she says, oh, this damned spot that she can't, it's not literally on her hands, but she can't be clean. And I think we all live in that same place, trying to find a purified conscience before God. Verse 22, Indeed, under the law, the old system, almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. You will not be free unless you are forgiven. And you will never be forgiven unless you know the blood of Christ. Because you know in your heart your efforts aren't doing it. And the only way is to be covered by a sacrifice or by someone who is infinitely worthy. Verse 24 is, is pretty amazing. For Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, meaning not with a temple, not with a tabernacle which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself he entered, and now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. What does a priest do? A priest represents the people before God. Jesus is our great high priest. Where is he now? He is in the very throne room of God on my behalf because I am united to him by faith. If you have faith in Christ, he is in the presence of God right now on your behalf. If you are one who has been trying to make amends, trying to be a good guy, uh, trying to be uh, a great mom or a great wife, and you're going to make up for this, you are standing on your own before a holy and righteous God. Jesus is not standing on your behalf. The only way is by faith to accept that his blood has covered your sin and your unrighteousness. His blood, a worthy sacrifice, actually clears your conscience. Why? Because you are pleading one who is much greater than you. And so tomorrow or Tuesday or whenever, the the next time that the, the evil one wants to accuse you, and wants to bring guilt and shame back into your mind because you're not not worth it, Uh, you are not as great as you think, Uh, in all of these different things, in the self-doubt, where do you go? Do you say, no, I am somebody? (laughs) No. Where do you go? You go to the cross of Jesus. The cross of Jesus earns my entrance into the very presence of God, and I am there because Jesus is there on my behalf. And I can say, that has been paid. That guilt has been taken. That shame has been assumed by Jesus on the cross. It is not mine to carry. Now, if you're one in here that knows your conscience needs to be clear that there truly is a work of God uh, in forgiveness and reconciliation, I'm not saying you hide that. Please don't hear me in that way. But the only way through is to be covered by the blood of Jesus? What is God raising right now in your heart where you know that you need to be clear from? Because the only way to be clear is to fall under the blood of Jesus. Have you? Let's pray. Uh, God, I pray that you would take your words, uh, Father, that you would purify our conscience. Father, that you would help us live uh, clear before you, Father, so bring to light those things that we're hiding. Father, not in a way that we are shamed yet again by our sin, but in the way that we can find grace and mercy, the grace and mercy of Jesus at the cross. Father, I pray that you would uh, be with those in this room who have never professed faith in Christ. God, be with them as they live in torment, trying to make themselves right, but being unable to do so. Father, I pray for someone right now in this room that is living in that turmoil. Holy Spirit, would you allow uh, scales to fall from their eyes? Would you give them ears to hear the good news of being able to stand free and clear before a holy and righteous God? God, draw them to yourself. Father, speak to us, minister to us. Thank you for your word, and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.